0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Hey, it's Adam. This week, we're out of office taking a little spring break of sorts. So all week in the feed, we'll be going back and revisiting some favorite episodes from the archives. We'll be back on Monday with a brand new episode. Talk to you then. It's Rico Daily. I'm Adam Clark Estes. For many workers, especially in this so-called knowledge economy, the idea of punching in at nine and punching out at five seems prehistoric. Between email, texts, and Slack, most of us are reachable well after normal working hours. And some bosses are taking advantage of this situation and expecting workers to be on call at all times. This is a problem. So, how should workers who like a reasonable work-life balance react to these situations? Well, our guest Erica Duan, who's an expert on digital collaboration and the author of Digital Body Language, she suggests that the best way to react is to simply ignore them. She joins us now to tell us why. Erica, hi. How are you?
0: Good. It's great to be here with you.
1: Your expertise is in digital collaboration and remote work. So, Why are you, of all people, encouraging others to ignore their Slack messages?
0: I'd like to say I encourage people not necessarily to ignore their messages, but to triage their Slack messages. Just like an emergency room doctor would triage different patients. Think about it. In the ER, an emergency room doctor would assess the severity of a patient's condition. And just like a doctor in digital communication, we have to assess the severity of a work message and appropriately respond to it according to that condition. I'll give you a metaphor of this. In a situation when a patient's coming in with a life or death situation, we respond immediately. Most of the time in our Slack messages, it isn't a life or death situation. Or maybe it's a mild situation where someone has a question, kind of like a sprained ankle in an ER room where help is needed, but it can wait maybe one or to three hours. So if you need to get to it a little later in the day, you can. And then there's a lot of less urgent issues in the ER world that could be a minor headache, where it can wait until the next business day to truly get a response. I'd argue that with all of the challenges in our modern workplace, whether it's the great resignation, burnout, just the pressures we all feel, I think that it's in our best interest to shift this notion of the rush of feeling we have to respond to everything and instead triage our Slack messages appropriately.
1: Well, this triage strategy is probably something people were maybe doing unconsciously with their email or with their Slack message a couple of years ago, but during the pandemic and the remote work revolution, it seems like it's exacerbated this deluge of messaging and digital communications. How have the past couple of years changed the way that we need to be interacting digitally?
0: Microsoft ran a study that found that we work at least one more hour per day since the pandemic. I'd argue what was a five-minute in-person water cooler chat has become six reply all emails, a couple of Slack messages, and a 30-minute Zoom call. In many ways, the way that we work has radically changed as a result of our ability to use these messaging apps. But Zapier ran a study that found that we spend up to four hours per day on our messaging apps. And with this deluge of communication, I think it's more important than ever for us to take our power back to really assess what do we really need to prioritize and how do we bring more sanity to our current overwhelmed workplace.
1: What's the difference between what you're suggesting and ghosting?
0: So ghosting is particularly known in situations where we never get a response when we send a message to someone. And this is very common in the dating world as well, uh, you know, where the non-response is the response that I'm not interested. But it's also common in sales pitches where someone's pitching you, cold emailing you, and you just don't respond because you're not interested or... We've seen it in the media where job interviews, where it's very likely to be ghosted by recruiters, but also by candidates. What I would argue is that there's a difference between ghosting and slow responses. Ghosting is where we truly have a non-response as the signal of the response. But usually at work, slow responses is, is more so of an issue where it's actually important to follow up once or twice or even make sure we're using the right channel, Slack, email or text or waiting for that video call so that people can triage their me- messages appro- appropriately, given the deluge of messages they receive.
1: Okay, I feel like I get the broad strokes of your strategy here, but... Walk us through this, and I'm going to use an example that is a little more personal than the ER example you used. Let's say I'm at dinner with with family on a Thursday night, and I'm getting texts from work, uh, and they're getting increasingly irritated with me for not answering. How should I handle this step by step?
0: You have to ask yourself a few key questions. The first is, is this actually urgent? If this is a big negotiation or a true crisis moment, then handle it quickly, But if it's not, and usually it's not a crisis moment, ask yourself a couple of questions. First, can you put away your phone and actually be present to your dinner, literally physically removing your phone from the dinner table, or even letting your team know you'll be out until say eight or 9 p.m. and you'll check texts afterwards can reduce that pressure. If you do see that text message come through, maybe you are the type of person that needs to respond, so just respond and say, got it, we'll be back in two hours, I'm at dinner now. That can help certain people who feel like they need to respond. Thirdly, if you're you're the type of person where you're pissed that someone's texting you where the urgency was unwarranted late that night, what you can do is actually respond with an email the next day in all of our digital messages, the channel we use implies an urgency level. So texts are faster than, say, emails. Emails are are faster than, say, scheduling a video call. And so switching the channel on someone when you respond can also signal that something isn't urgent to them. And last but not least, I think be proactive in helping others know when they can slow down as well. I know Leaders that have changed their email signatures, where they write things like, please work in your own schedule, I work in mine, or they sent out-of-office messages on their Microsoft Teams instant message or Slack IM tools, um, or even just letting others know to expect a response tomorrow can be helpful.
1: Well, let's assume this strategy is not working and my boss gets upset, or in the worst-case scenario, threatens to take action, like firing me or demoting me. What, what, what do I do then?
0: I think, number one, you have to ask yourself, do I really need this job? People have been doing this calculus for years, and I think if you do, then respond as needed. Second, once the heat is less, once they're a little less angry, maybe have a discussion with them about how you can create two-hour break boundaries or blocks as off zones. And then third, create a, a discussion around a code of conduct for what really is urgent, what's not. Make sure it's in writing so that... In the future, if you're in these difficult situations, you can go back to the rules and norms that you've set. Okay, well, say I'm
1: on the other end of this and I'm working late and need an answer to a question from a colleague, but they're not replying to my emails or texts. What are some strategies that I can use to avoid getting too frustrated or offended?
0: Yeah, well, we've all been there, uh, but at the same time... I continue to ask myself in these situations, why am I getting so frustrated or offended? Is this really actually urgent for me? If it's a it's a big issue, if it's a performance issue, then you need to resolve it. But most of the time, it can wait until the next morning. And so if you're in that situation of getting frustrated, maybe work on something else. Go to bed. Remember that not everything needs an instant response. And I agree it can be annoying, but remember when it was normal to respond to a voicemail within a week? (laughs) Now, if we don't hear from someone within, say, 10 minutes to half an hour, we start to wonder what's going on. And I'd argue that while our culture has sped up to the pace of a hamster wheel, maybe we should ask ourselves, could this wait? And even did we give them a clear response time expectation? And if we didn't clarify it's urgent, then we really have to wait.
1: So is your point here entirely about establishing a proper work-life balance, or is there also just an element of increasing efficiency in the context of work itself? In in other words, can ignoring messages actually make people more productive?
0: I believe this goes well beyond simply work-life balance or mental health. I think that our ability to triage our messages will allow us to be more productive, more innovative, more creative in our professional careers and find more meaning in our personal lives. We've all seen the studies that show that single-tasking instead of multitasking has massive creativity benefits. So when it comes to effectively managing the deluge of messages, the rings, dings, and vibrations, know when it's okay to hide your phone go outside, take a walk, take a break. These are factors that drive productivity and focus. And we can still choose to work 80 hours a week, but with a higher level of focus, if we take the time to remember that this is about effectiveness in the entirety of our lives.
1: Well, I have to admit, I am someone who really tries to respond to everything as as quickly as I can. Um, and I could kind of like spill my guts about the the fears that I have uh, about not responding quickly. But I, I wonder if you could walk us through the, the common fears that people have about not being as responsive.
0: Really, when it comes to fear, our fear of not responding is about a fear of performance or perceptions of commitment to perform. And, you know, while this perception is definitely something we all have to manage I've spoken to many managers that would reward impact in a role higher than responsiveness without that same impact.
1: And I wonder, and again, I fall into this category, is there a certain personality type that more strongly feels the need to respond to every single message and quickly?
0: I think that there are two types of people who are much more likely to feel the need to respond quickly. The first is... People with lower power in any digital message. Think about it. If you are sending a message to your boss versus say a junior report or a peer or an assistant, you may tend to respond more quickly to your manager or boss and you may wait until the next morning to say connect with a junior report, especially if something isn't urgent to you. The second uh, other type of person who feels more likely to respond quickly are people where you have a long-term relationship or a a high-trust relationship.
1: Is there a point at which the tactic of ignoring professional messages veers into being a bad colleague?
0: Well, I think the first thing we have to remember is that people aren't always as honest with themselves about how much they already do this, how much they ignore professional messages And they may not be aware of it consciously. And I think that what I'm proposing is that this is an opportunity to be more conscious, more deliberate, not something where flakiness is a virtue. And so when it does come to deciding whether to ignore a professional message and see it as appropriate or see it as being a bad colleague, I think that there's three issues we have to factor in. The first issue is, what is the level of trust in this relationship? Of course, if we're longtime colleagues and we followed up with someone three times, it feels like they're being a bad colleague. But if this is someone we've never met before, it's that cold sales pitch, a non-response is an appropriate response now. The second factor is, is it truly urgent? Now, if it is truly urgent, after two to three non-responses, it does feel unprofessional. But if it can wait until the next day, let's make responding the next day normalized. And the third factor is, is it highly complex? If it is, a lot of times text exchanges or Slack messages aren't the appropriate way to discuss an issue, take some time, to think about a message, don't rush a response, even say, you know, in an email or text, I got your message, I wanna think about it, I'll get back to you Tuesday. And that will create a boundary so that you have time to process a complex issue or say no when to switch the channel, ignore a text message and move to an email or wait for the Zoom call to have that group discussion. So I think it's less of whether we should simply ignore professional messages and more bringing back a nuance, a consciousness, and a level of deliberate triaging in the world of communication we all live in.
1: Erica, thanks for joining us. This has been really helpful specifically for me and my Slack anxieties.
0: Thanks so much.
1: Today's episode was produced by John Ahrens and engineered by Paul Robert Mouncy. I'm Adam Clark Estes. Thank you for listening.